0: Father, we are thankful for this portion of your word. We are thankful, O oh Lord, for your Holy Spirit, who is the enlightener of the minds and hearts of your people. We are thankful, O oh Lord, that we can hear your word proclaimed in the worship of our great and glorious God. And we know, O oh Lord, that you hear and you see and witness us even as we, Lord, worship you. And we pray that the words of our mouths, mine in particular, and the meditation of our hearts may be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Christ's name, amen. Now the scripture text this time a text meaning a verse is 2 Corinthians 8 9 so uh, I'll get you to turn here to keep your finger on that page for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor that he through his poverty might be rich The Apostle Paul wrote this to Christians in the early church, who in spite of their great poverty, willingly and sacrificially gave what they had to those who were worse off than them. That's like the giving of the widow who gave two mites, which wasn't a whole lot, but it represented all that she had. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God, wholly acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. No poor making others rich. In the case of our Lord, no poor making sinners rich. Opportunity abounds everywhere the gospel, even the most unexpected places, lest we forget from whence these mercies that we enjoy come, like what we have talked about and prayed over, the apostle refreshes our minds and hearts with the ultimate motivation for such service to Christ, such as what is illustrated in the context of this verse in the Christians of the early church. His love and giving himself for us. Grace is Christ's true riches. In 2 Corinthians 8 9, the first portion, where you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. During this time of gift giving, we can become overly focused on material things, especially when they're divine presence for people. And sadly, in the case of the vast majority who are ungodly, unbelievers, it is forgetting the giver for the gifts. Like what Paul recalls in Romans 1 21 and 25, where it says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. And worshipped and served the creature more than the creator. Who is blessed forever. Amen. How selfish we are. That is, we are. For the Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies are over all his works. He opens His hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing. And here we are. And for God's people to act this way, how immature. James says, do not err, my beloved brethren, for every good gift and every perfect gift salvation is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness Either shadow eternity. God does not move what I owe them as far as his attribute of mercy is concerned us. You see, dear child of God, Christ has something more for us, for you, for me. That is grace. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus prayed in his high priestly prayer the following, found in John 17, 2 and 3 as thou, Father, hath given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. That's what eternal life is. Eternal life is not a place. Eternal life is not living forever somewhere in this place called heaven. Eternal life is having a relationship with God that lasts forever and ever and ever. Did you know that? He said it himself, our Lord, to know that is to love and know and receive and live for the only true God and the one that he Jesus Christ, Jesus. We enjoy giving and receiving earthly gifts, do we not? That's a, that's, that's a given. Ecclesiastes tells us in 2.24, there's nothing better for a man that, that he should eat and drink. And that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. This also I saw that it was from the hand of God. Because it's from God. All these blessings are from God. But keep in mind they're not all the same. As I already pointed out to you from the book of James. There are his gifts, And then there are, his, there are his superlative gifts. There are his material and physical and earthly gifts. And there are his eternal, spiritual, glorious gifts. Especially our Lord Jesus, who is the gift of gifts, who sits at the right hand of the Father. This is the very moment that I'm speaking to you now as we are worshiping in the presence of the living God look more closely at the verse in question 2 Corinthians 8 9 because God has more in his hand for you need but the second reason for sacrificial giving to Christ that grace came at Christ's expense that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor it is true that everything has a price. Is it not? Everything has a price tag, as it were. When folks hit the balls during the holiday seasons, they discover this all over again. Even the freebies at your local Costco store cost the customer, customers in the end. According to Heidelberg Candidates in Question 11, God's justice requires the following... That sin, which is committed against the most high majesty of God, be also punished with extreme—that is, with everlasting punishment, both of body and soul. A lot of people don't believe in hell, for the reason that it's just overwhelming. It's like, whoa! I, I I can't even wrap my mind around that. That's what more or less someone said to us yesterday, and I agree. Humanly, we can't understand these things. We finally have to bow before the God of all grace and receive these by faith. We can't understand everything about God. Now, the reason that God's justice is so is because God is so. He is perfectly just, perfectly holy, beautifully obedient his own law, which is the reflection, the mirror of himself. That is because he is so that we are in the plight that we are in. The spiritual plight that was brought upon us by the fall of our first parents, Adam and Eve, in the garden. When they ate of the fruit, the tree that was in the midst of the garden, and God told them, thou shalt not eat thereof for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou wilt surely die. Died Adam and Eve did, and so did the whole human race in a spiritual sense, and we all punished in spiritual death. The wages of sin is death. But thankfully, it doesn't end there. That verse, Romans six twenty three, one of our memory verses, by the way. And, it's a, and if you want to start with a memory verse, if you haven't memorized scripture, I challenge you to, to, to start with that one, Romans six twenty three. That was the one I started with. In Romans 3 23, when I first got converted to Christ. Because that was the one that the one who witnessed to me gave me. I mean, I called upon the Lord. For the wages of sin is death. God is is eternal life, Jesus Christ our Lord. We're not without a hope. Notice the gift of God. The word gift is the same word, root word the word grace. Grace, the unmerited favor of God to wretched, hell-deserving sinners like you and me. Ooh, I do talk like that, but that's what I see in the mirror of God's word every day. And I say, thank God for Jesus Christ. And I want to be more and more like him, but I trust that you too. Because of Jesus Christ, because of his living, the life we can never live. Because it's dying the death that we deserve. He died in our place. And as such, became our sin there. God's wrath bear. God's guilt for our sins. We, by God-given faith, by full faith and trust in Jesus Christ, are accepted by God in His beloved Son. And so he grants his eternal life, this new relationship with him on the basis of his grace through his son, Jesus Christ. We are involved with such a price we can never, ever repay in a whole lifetime, in a infinitude of lifetimes, I might add, because in glory we will be thanking and praising God forever and ever. And whether God asks for us in the meantime, There's one thing that he asks from us. And I can turn to a number of places, but I will turn to one, which is Proverbs 23, 26. Proverbs 23, 26. My son, or my daughter, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe. My oh, that's a lot. Right. Oh, yes, it is. It's everything. He's asking for you. He's asking for you, body and soul. He's asking for all of you. Well, think about this the good reason why we are to give of ourselves sacrificially. That Christ did this for the Second Corinthians 8 and 9, and I will explain more from my last point here. We you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his Poverty might be made rich. Shoppers will use their credit cards at this time of the year to buy gifts for themselves, their loved ones, and their friends. Basically. In other words, they will borrow money to pay for their presents. In many cases, it will not be repaid for some time, perhaps even years to come. We are miserable debtors to God. Christ left his throne in glory and condescended to men of low estate, us. He became a slave. That's when he became a slave. The word from King James' servant. He became a slave for his father by becoming a slave for his people for whom he came and lived and died says in Philippians 2, 7 and 8. But he made himself of no reputation, the one who was the glorious God, who was the form of God, who thought it not robbery to be equal to God. That means there was no there was no losing anything. It was something he voluntarily did in condescending to the world of God. And was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. And he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He was a servant willing to give his life. If he took that. It would be like having a slave back in, in those times. And that slave... Loving you so much that he'd be willing to die for you, his master. That's what our Lord did for his father. And that's what the Lord did for us. We've become, have since become his blood-bought children, his sons and his daughters, his princes and his princesses. He being the king of kings in the Lord of All his earthly life from start to finish. Pointed to this. Jesus suffering the shame and degradation and suffering of his present life. He was born in the filthy stable of animals, which was probably a cave, is what is believed, in the outskirts of Bethlehem. And that because there was no place for him. There was no room anywhere for him to be born in the city, in the town. And he was laid in the animal's feeding trough, which was what's called a manger. Jesus was that poor. And during his short earthly ministry of approximately three years, he was an impoverished, itinerant, traveling creature. He said to his disciples, foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where even to lay his hand. He was that poor. And imagine this, most of all, that he knew that he was going to die, that that was his calling, that was his destiny. Now we all know we're going to die eventually unless the Lord comes back. But that's what he came to do at a very tender age. He would become our substitute on Calvary's cross. He said in his conversation with Pontius Pilate following when Pilate asked, Art thou king then? He responded, Thou sayest that I am a king. And I believe that implied in that is his acknowledgement, his affirmative response to the question of Pilate. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. He is the living truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. His word is is truth. He he prayed also, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The truth in this particular context of this conversation with Pontius Paul was this, that His is a celestial kingdom. If this was His kingdom... His servants would fight to set him free. But his is another kingdom of another kind. And his mission is to bring many who belong to that kingdom back into the kingdom of God. And it was not going to be by a military takeover, such as what men are, are prone to do, to access power, but by sacrificing himself by dying for their sins. This has never been heard of. This is totally unheard of in the history of mankind. And that's why, why Christianity stands out like a sore thumb, And why other religions can't tolerate it and will persecute it, as they did the world. And so died he did. The Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world and after he died, he was buried in, as a penniless pauper in a borrowed tomb. Talk about borrowing! Every human being on the face of this earth owes his or her life to him. Because of him, God stays his wrath against this world because he has his people that is yet savior. As I said to you earlier, why we owe everything because he tells us that we we hear this. He says, my son, my daughter, give me thine heart. And let thine eyes observe my goodness. Just like a, a loving and dutiful child is looking to the example, God's example, is her, parent. her parents. For us sinners, I've already said it, and I'm going to say it again, it's an impossible task. Because God is asking not just for a little part of you, not just part of your week, not just part of your time, not just part of anything. He wants it all. He wants it all. He wants all of you and all of you. He wants your heart and mind to be the throne of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus came into the world, to claim what is His. Because He. CSC, who will prolong his days, and, and, uh, and he will prosper in his hand, he will have, as you said, one of his years. How do you know that is? It's easy to, to, to say it. it's with our mouth that confession is made of the salvation. Jesus says, if you will confess me before men, you I will confess before my Father and before his angels in heaven. So, I'm not minimizing words, but if it's just words, and it's not accompanied by action, by service, by living the Christian life, to the glory of God with gusto, with passion, Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Then oh, you're going to have a problem. Uh, I won't say convincing God, because God knows them that are his. But being assured of your salvation. Having the, 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 the concrete, immovable conviction that you are standing upon a rock, and though the leaf, as they say, may shake upon that rock, you may shake upon that rock, that, that rock will not shake on you. Like the rock that you brought. That's a life lived in the service of a king of kings. Hereby perceive we the love of God, said John, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Other of God's blood-bought children. But whoso hath this world's goods, and see his brother in need, or sister, and shut shut up his bowels of compassion from him, Oh, the love of God. God, God you know. Well granted, we don't know everything that's going on around us in the lives of others and the lives of God's people. But I'll tell you what, if you have your ear to the ground like Indians, you know what? You will pick up a lot. <laughs> and and God will make sure that whoever he's going to use in that other person's life, you will know it. You will know it. Because if you want to be used. Ears to the ground, you will hear. And, and upon hearing you will proceed to, to do whatever you can, because that's all he is asking us to do, right? He's not asking us to do anything more than what he's enabled us to do. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed, and in truth. First John 3, 16. So, this is the very reason Jesus came. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. But though he was rich, but though he was with everything in the glory of his Father's kingdom, then he became poor. He left it all behind. He left all of that glory behind. He left all of the titles and the dignities of his, that go with his name in order to stoop down to us, in order to be like us, in order to eventually save us and bring us to him. He, through his poverty, might be rich. Rich in love for God and rich in thankfulness for him. Like the wise man who came from afar, as recorded in Matthew 2, 10 and 11. Matthew chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, he presented unto the gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ in this way. Father in heaven, we are thankful for your having sent your son. Lord Jesus, we are thankful for your having come and having put aside all the things that pertain unto your kingdom and glory in order to be amongst us for a time, in order to save us from our sins. Thank you. Thank you for doing this when you didn't have to do it. It was really stepping out of your way, going out of your comfort zone, way out of your comfort zone, even to... Be among sinners. Oh Lord, how great a love is this? For God so loved the world that he gave, finally gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you. Thank you in the precious name of our Savior.